Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello everyone, and thank you for joining us this evening for a very special edition of COS Live. I'm your host, Rita Peters. I'm the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs with Convention of States, in addition to being one of your co-hosts for COS Live. And Guys, today, Andrew Lush, my regular co-host, is not here because, in fact, his wife is having a baby. So he definitely gets a pass for today. But I am really excited to announce that for today's episode, which is our 10th anniversary celebration episode for Convention of States, I have a very special guest host to join me, and you'll never guess who it is. I can't do a good drum roll effect with my mouth, so I'm just going to tell you, it's none other than Producer G, Garrett Humbertson. Producer G, (laughs) Andrew and I have been trying for months to get you on this side of the camera I was so excited when you agreed to join me for this very special 10-year COS anniversary edition episode. How does it feel to be on this side of the camera, Producer G? I gotta be honest, I still prefer being behind the camera, but you know, this is such a special occasion and I just had to be a part of it. We're celebrating 10 years of grassroots activism, so it's incredible. It's good to be with you, Rita. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for stepping up. Yeah, it's a big episode today. I'm really excited. So I get asked all the time by people who I'm telling about Convention of States, how far have you come? Well, Convention of States launched 10 years ago this month. It started with two statesmen, Michael Ferris and Mark Meckler. And last week, we exceeded 2.5 million petition signatures. We have 19 states on board, several more on the brink. But the best part of this is that we're equipping the grassroots army across the country to restore self-governance in America. We will unveil in tonight's episode a brand new video reviewing 10 years of milestones for Convention of States. And then producer G and I will take turns giving our favorite moments from the movement's history. I also want to say stick around until the end of today's episode for the COS Live mailbag. Drop a comment or a question below to get featured. Who knows, your question or comment might be featured on our next episode. But first, right now, we're going to go to Mike for our Article 5 Trivia Giveaway. Mike? Thank you, Rita, and welcome, Garrett. Super glad to see you and... It's super exciting to know that we've got Elijah stepped in the world and Andrew's away, welcoming his newest son to the world. What an exciting time. And today I'm going to cover some trivia and see if you've been watching or not our simulated convention, because our trivia question will be surrounding that right now. So what I want to do, though, is I want to give away a 10th anniversary mug. This mug is super cool. If you spill it. 
No problem. The coolest thing about it is not only does it have our anniversary logo, has a COS logo on it, it's 20 ounces, completely spill proof, and you put some ice cold beverage in there to last you 24 hours. If it doesn't, if it's hot, it'll last you 12 hours, keeping it piping hot. What a great thing to have. I've been drinking out of it and enjoying the cold beverage, especially during the summer, right at my desk. Okay, so here's our question for today. Again, if you were watching the simulated Article 5 convention that we had in Colonial Williamsburg, then you probably know 49 states were in attendance at the simulated convention. We had one state that didn't make it. Which state was that? Which state was that? And I'll give you a little bit of a hint that our 1787, at the 1787 convention, there was one delegation, one state that wasn't represented there. It's the same one. How's that for a coincidence? I'll be back later in the show to give the answer. Hopefully you won the mug. If not, just go to shopconventionofstates.com and pick up a tumbler and you will enjoy it just like I am. Back to you, Rita. Thanks, Mike. And now we are moving right on into the main part of the program, which is this 10th anniversary highlight reel that Producer G has put together for us. I haven't seen it yet, so it's going to be a complete surprise to me too. So Producer G, why don't you show us that film? What's been missing from this and what we intend to bring to this is the grassroots mobilization that needs to put this over time. The lines at bookstores are out the door. People waiting to get a signed copy of the New York Times number one bestseller, The Liberty Amendment. So you've actually put together kind of a plan to take Mark's idea. So basically the same month that COS was started, that's what I found out about it and actually become part of that organizational with the heart and mind because I don't do anything halfway. To the grassroots, the people engage with state delegates and state senators to begin a process of taking our country back. To look at the Constitution for answers. The Peach State is making history. Lawmakers passed a preliminary measure today that calls for a convention of states. It was intended for the purpose of when the federal government was out of control. Today's the day that the founders intended for us to use this very process. What made me join Convention of States is um, for my children and for my grandchildren. I'm a grandmother now and, and I want to make sure that I do everything I possibly can. I, I spent 10 years up here in the Senate and left early because I don't see a solution in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress to fix what's wrong with our country. A convention of the states empowers the people of America to get some things done. Term limits on Congress, term limits on judges, and a balanced budget amendment for America. Something needs to change, and it comes down, it comes back to, you know, the old well-used phrase, we the people. I want Texas to join other states in calling for a convention of states authorized in the Constitution to propose amendments to fix America. 
This is not Republican or Democrat. It's not liberal, conservative. This is about the people of America having the power to make the decisions and bringing that back from the federal government. Watch people light up and realize that they do have a voice. You know, a force to be reckoned with. I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is the answer to so many of the problems that we have. It was like God sent me the answer. This is what you need to do to, to help correct the course that we're currently on. going to be able to go back home and talk to their fellow legislators and say, look, let me tell you exactly how it worked. I can tell you from firsthand. It can be done. It will be effective. So, so I think there are people who've never even heard of it that are going to see this and be impressed. And I think that builds enthusiasm. This is the defining moment and the last opportunity to get our republic right. We need a solution as big as the problem. I ask you to stand in the shoes of our forefathers to be brave, to act boldly, and to call an Article 5 convention to amend the Constitution. Thank you very much. This is the state of Arizona exercising the authority that was given to us by our founders. Will we join George Mason in stepping forward in faith? They want radical, pull them up by the roots change. They want to have a constitutional convention. Soros-connected organizations signed a letter declaring a campaign to stop the Convention of States movement. Why are these Soros-connected groups so bent on defending the status quo in D.C.? Because they like it the way things are. I've come to realize that Congress is never going to stop spending. It's never going to restrict its power. I'm convinced that this is something that can happen. The time has come to propose amendments that will restore meaningful limits on federal power and authority. The time has come for a convention of states. And watching the growth in other people that have stepped up to do the things that, that I've been doing, that is super gratifying. And I know that's reflected in the same thing has happened at the national level. You know, I, I just couldn't stand by, you know, we, a military members take an oath to defend the Constitution from enemy, both enemies, domestic and foreign. Short of a civil war, this is the only answer we have. People traveled from all over the country because they want to save the country. This is a miracle in progress right here. You are the great patriots. We're going to save this country. You get a chance to be a part of the second American revolution without the bullets. What can achieve more than we have ever achieved before. So let's go do it. And I tell people all the time, don't look at your TV screen, your computer screen, or your phone screen to find a person who's going to save America. If you want to find that person, look in the mirror. Life's intended to be a battle. We're in to survive. We're in to compete. We're in to achieve. I'm in this to the end. Whenever that is. From all over the state, upset with the governor and the stay-at-home order. The number of people goes down the block. Well, one of the things that I appreciate the most about Convention of States is the culture of kindness and the, the idea that everybody around me 
is interested in me and in my growth as a person. Study the Constitution with other American citizens all over the nation. Every Monday night, we're gonna be doing a live class. We'll show the videos of the class in this room, and then you and I will be right there to answer questions. are the last line. Give people hope. Give them a cause to unite behind, to get excited about that, yes, they can make a difference. They can change things. The simple fact is that Washington will never limit its own power. Just how much more will we let them step on us before we say enough is enough? I believe that there are many good people who want to do something to help, but don't know what they can do. But our founding fathers made a way to defend us. That solution is Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. I've been a part of organizations before, but there's something about this organization that really resonates with me. This is the most crucial movement in America, bar none. This, as this was taking place, I called Mark and said, is there a way I can return to Convention of States? Yeah, and, uh, and that's what the Convention of States movement is about. It's about going to Washington, D.C. and taking your power back. Do you want to take your power back from D.C.? This is within the Constitution for a reason. As governor, I'll work with governors and legislators and other states to move the Article 5 process forward. Article 5 convention with the states is a much more measured, careful process that, as we know, takes years to put it all together. Hey guys, Mark Meckel here, president and founder of the Convention of States Project. Ten years ago, my co-founder Michael Ferris and I founded the Convention of States Project and can't believe it's been ten years. So much has been accomplished over the last ten years and all of it because of the hard work of activists like you. We built Convention of States for you, but really, it's you who make it happen. As I look forward to the next 10 years, I'm sure one of the things we're gonna do is we're gonna call America's first Article 5 convention under the United States Constitution. And when we do, all credit's gonna belong to you because you, the activists, are the ones who are gonna make it happen. If you're not involved with Convention of States already, go to conventionofstates.com to get signed up today because you need to be part of the movement that's going to save America. You have outdone yourself with this video. What an amazing recap of the past 10 years of Convention of States. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how many hours of footage you had to go through to pull all that together, but it's an amazing video. And I'll just tell you my favorite thing about that video is how it really does a great job of portraying what really sets Convention of States apart. 
as an organization. You know, there have been other efforts centered around Article 5 before um, trying to get an Article 5 convention for various purposes, balanced budget amendment, term limits, various different things. Those are generally led by legislators or by leaders of a nonprofit organization, and that's all well and good. But what sets Convention of States apart is it really and truly is and has been from the very beginning a grassroots organization. And that was always very intentionally the plan is that we needed to build a grassroots army to then work through their state legislatures to get this done. And I love all of the clips of the grassroots. We have a volunteer-led grassroots team in every single state in the nation. And that's huge. So I love how this video really is appropriately a tribute to the grassroots. So I know this might seem weird because I know you made that video, but I just have to ask, what were some of your favorite moments to remember and relive as you put that video together? Yeah, well, I just want to pick up on something you said, Rita, which is from the very beginning, Convention of States is about being a grassroots organization. And that's different from any other Article 5 attempt that's ever been done before. And we know that an Article 5 Convention of States has never happened before. And our theory of Convention of States is because there's never been a mobilization of the grassroots in this way. And what's amazing is you saw that from the very first clip in that video. It's Michael Ferris in 2013 at ALEC before a group of state legislators, he's like, I know you legislators have heard about Article 5 before, but look, this is going to be different because it's going to be grassroots space. It's going to be from the people. And we believe that's what's going to get it done. And so you're right, Rita, that's what has set the movement apart. And really, you know, it's about a bigger vision than even calling the first Article 5 convention, which is a big flex in of itself uh, to do something that's never been done before. But mm -hmm. what we really need is a reawakening in America of self-governance and for the people to keep their government accountable. That's the vision of Convention of States. It's a long-term vision. It's not a one-time event, even though we believe that that will be a history-changing event. And so absolutely, that is what sets Convention of States apart. And it's always been the citizen grassroots army. And I know you've had the same experience and I get to be on the road sometimes to film some of these events and to get to meet the great Americans that are part of this movement, who volunteer their time, their talent, their treasure. It's just incredible. The, the, the people that you meet are just amazing that have joined this movement and they're going to they're going to save this country. Uh, but yeah. to answer your question more directly, Rita, I think one of the things that came to mind for me was actually the first simulation. And, you know, it was my first year. I know you were there, Rita, as well. And to be there in Colonial Williamsburg. And as much as I really loved the second simulation that we just got back from, there was something special about that first one. Just like, I, I think you know, like when that roll call was being called, you know, there, the tears come to your eyes. There's just some, it's like something cosmic was happening mm -hmm. there. And you could feel like, wow, this is what it's gonna feel like. This is what it's gonna look like. Uh, that look at all the states coming back together again. And so I remember that for, especially being my first year on staff with Convention of States, that was such an impactful moment that sets the vision of what this can accomplish of the states coming together to discuss how are we going to give power back to the people and restore this government? Uh, what yeah. about you, Rita? What's maybe a more personal memory that you have, a uh, favorite memory from your time with Convention of States? 
Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned the ALEC meeting where you had a clip of Mike Ferris talking about this movement from that same ALEC meeting and, you know, how this movement is different because of the grassroots. I was at that meeting. It was my first ALEC meeting ever. And Professor Rob Nadelson was also there and speaking on that panel. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Professor Nadelson, he is the world's premier scholar on Article 5. Um, he is maybe the smartest, at least one of the smartest person I know. And um, he wrote the book, The Law on Article 5. He's just a truly brilliant man. And that was the first time I met him or heard him speak. But I'll never forget at the end of his presentation at that meeting about Article 5, he he gave sort of an illustration. He said, imagine if the Senate never strayed from what the House wanted to do. If they just if the Senate always passed whatever bill the House sent over to them. Imagine if the president never vetoed a a bill that came over from the House and Senate. Imagine if the Supreme Court never overturned a law as unconstitutional. Imagine if the states never used their Article 5 power to propose amendments. Then he said, oh, wait, that is what's happening. So his point was, you know, all of those those procedural um, issues are, are ways that the institutions of government check and balance the other branches of government. And so the states never using this power to propose amendments under Article 5 through a convention, by not using that power, we're really upsetting the balance of the system. We're not maintaining the federal system the way it was meant to be maintained because we're not using that check and balance at the state level. And so I just remember being in awe after hearing him say that. I thought, yes, of course, that makes perfect sense. Of course, I was already on board at that point, but I had never thought about it that way. So it just gave me a new framework for thinking about the importance of the Convention of States process to maintaining our federal structure and federal system. Um, So that was a big one for me. And I have to say, Garrett, every time I see the video clips of Senator Tom Coburn, um, it brings tears to my eyes. One of my favorite experiences in working for Convention of States was the opportunity to work with Senator Tom Coburn, who is just such a role model for anyone. I mean, just in addition to being a truly great statesman, he was truly a great human being, an amazing person, an amazing friend, an amazing Christian. And I just loved, you know, hearing him say again, I'm in this till the end, whenever that is. And at that point, you know, Senator Coburn, I think, knew that the end was not far off for him. And in fact, he later died still in service to his country through Convention of States. Garrett, I wonder if you have any um, special or fond memories of Senator Coburn or some of the other leaders of the Convention of States movement. Well, certainly Senator Tom Coburn is a giant. He's an American statesman. 
who stood up to the swamp when he was in D.C. He was known as Dr. No. You know, he wasn't a career politician. He built his life as a, a businessman and then a physician. And he goes to D.C. and basically he says, if anything is going to violate the Constitution or it's not paid for, then I'm a no vote. And he stood up to the establishment. He stood up to even people within his own party. And, you know, there's something special about a man who left Congress early. He left before his term was up because he saw that Convention of States in Article 5 was the only way to achieve the change that he had been fighting for for so long. And so that just speaks to his vision and his willing to serve the nation. When his, You're right. He, he was in... Uh, poor health for, for long stretches there, but he kept traveling. He kept fighting for the movement. And I've heard stories even from his deathbed, he was making calls uh, on behalf of Convention of States. And so, you know, when I think of someone who's an American hero, who's, who stands in the shoes of people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and James Madison, I think of Tom Coburn. And the fact that we got to fight alongside him is something I'll never forget. And the personal conversations a few though they were, I got to work alongside with them as I know you did, Rita, and those will always stay with me. And the insights and the wisdom that he he was able to share, and the humility that he brought, even though he had accomplished so much in life, and was such a giant. And so, absolutely, I'll always uh, remember Tom Coburn for that. And I think we've got to carry that same spirit with us that we're going to fight no matter the cost, no matter the obstacles, that we will get this done and we will press on until the moment of victory. Uh, when God delivers it. Another moment uh, that comes to mind for me, Rita, is, is when I was in Texas. I think this was, it must have been 2017, and I was on the ground there with the Texas team. They'd brought probably 500 plus volunteers to the Capitol building, and it was the state of the state address from Governor Abbott. And it was the day that uh, Governor Abbott declared Convention of States as an emergency item. Uh, for the legislature. And to me, that was such an amazing moment to be with all those grassroots as they stood up and cheered and celebrated in that Capitol Rotunda, along with Abbott and the legislators below. Uh, it just sh showed me the power of the grassroots because without the grassroots, Abbott does not make that speech. You know, it's, it takes that kind of pressure from the volunteers and from the citizen activists. And to see Abbott take that step and say, yes, Texas is going to be one of the next states to pass Convention of States, uh, was such an incredible event. Rita, I want to toss back to you with this question. What do you think, we've had 19 states pass applications so far, we need to get to 34, and we're over halfway there, but what, you know, you've been around since the beginning, so are there any states that have passed that really stood out to you when they, when that vote was tallied up that felt really satisfying or was really memorable for you? Yeah, well, I, I think one, and maybe this is just because it's a recent memory <laughs> that it's special, but I remember in West Virginia um, when we passed there just last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a big deal because we had been stuck in West Virginia for so many years. And, you know, Garrett, in the work that we do here on the national team, and I know it's the same, maybe even more so for some of our state volunteer leaders, but it can get really discouraging when you get, you know, you get up against the politics of it, or you you come up against an obstacle, like maybe one leader 
in a House or a Senate of a state who just doesn't want to let it get through for whatever reason. And sometimes it seems like there's nothing you can do to get past them. But last year was finally our year for Convention of States in West Virginia. And it was starting to get late. We were late in the session. We were wondering if it was going to happen. And we kept being told, yes, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to pass. And all of the time um, was taken in the House. And we finally got done in the House and got through. And I believe it was the Speaker of the House, right, who actually physically walked the resolution over to the Senate so it could be acted on on the Senate side. And that was just it was it was so gratifying to see that kind of excitement. And, you know, yes, we did this in West Virginia and we're proud of the fact that we did it in West Virginia. And then to, you know, of course, it passed um, on the Senate side on a voice vote, if memory serves. But that was, I have to say, that was my um, favorite state to get passage because of that. And, you know, I want to go back for a minute, Garrett, to talking about some of the, you know, we talked about the grassroots. The grassroots are the most important element of what we're doing. Absolutely. We also, though, are blessed with some giants in the movement who just um, help drive the ball forward so much. And one of those is Mark Levin. Yeah. And in the video, you know, it talked about Mark Levin and he wrote the book, The Liberty Amendments, which came out the same month as Convention of States, the organization got started. And what most people don't know is that that was not a planned thing. You know, Mark Meckler and Mark Levin were working on the things they were working on at the same time without knowing it. And it was like toward the very end of that time period, like right before the book came out, that Mark Levin discovered that Mark Meckler was starting this movement and Mark Meckler discovered that Mark Levin was releasing this book. And so it's just, you know, some people think, oh, wow, what a wild coincidence. And I say, and I know Mark Meckler and Mark Levin would also say, no, it wasn't coincidence. It was providence that that was happening at the same time. God was moving in the hearts of these two great men, along with Michael Ferris, who was also working with Mark as a co-founder. God was moving in their hearts to be doing the things that they were doing. What did you think of that, um, Garrett? You know, I was a big Mark Levin fan in 2013 when he started, when Levin started talking about this project called the Liberty Amendments, and he'd be releasing this book. And and I remember that totally changed my paradigm that, oh my goodness, the Constitution actually has a solution big enough to solve the problems that we all see, because it was clear that elections was not the answer and that no one person could actually solve all of these huge structural issues. And so I'm like, wow, I had never heard of this before. It's in the Constitution even. We've never used it. How have we never used it? And then to quickly find out that, oh, it's not just an idea. It's not just a best-selling book, but there's actually an organization that just started. And when I he heard that story of it wasn't coordinated, I always assumed that it was coordinated, you know, between uh, Mark Meckler, Mike Ferris, and Mark Levin. To hear that it wasn't, 
I mean, that just shows that there's something special about this movement. There's something providential going on and it's going to happen. I firmly believe that this is going to happen and that we are going to save the movement. And, you know, I, it reminds me, you know, I was such a huge Levin fan and I still am. And um, it reminds me of the time when there was a uh, recording of Levin's show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. And Mark Meckler and Tom Coburn appeared on that program, and I was able to uh, be on the set. I was invited on the set, and that was such a, a cool day. I just was totally nerding out, you know, from a video <laughs> standpoint and everything. And it was back in the days, I think he has a smaller set now. It's his home studio, but he had a huge studio here a few years ago, and it was just beautiful. And to meet Levin in person, to have lunch with him, and to you know see Mark and Tom Coburn have that conversation with him on the set about Article 5, about Convention of States, about these huge problems that we actually have a solution for, uh, that was, I was just on cloud nine. And so that, that has to be my, one of my favorite moments as well. And just Mark Levin, he's just, he bring, brings such an intellectual firepower and gravitas to the movement, having worked in the Reagan administration and being a constitutional attorney and being this huge megaphone for Convention of States. I think he's definitely been, you know, the chief proponent in the media for Convention of States, and we can't thank him enough for that. Absolutely. Garrett, I want to ask you, you gave me a chance to tell our viewers about my favorite um, state passage story. And I know that you, because you record video, you don't only like take video of things yourself, but you also record video footage of things happening online. So I know that you are always watching committee hearings and, um, you know, various debates and things that happen and all of the floor debates. And you see, too, every state as it's passing. So do you have a favorite story, either from a committee hearing, a floor debate or a state passing the resolution? You know, I, I just uh, I keep going back to Nebraska for some reason, because in my mind, Nebraska was like one of our most difficult states. It was this you know, strange, if you will, unicameral system. They have a filibuster rule, even though we had a strong majority support in the legislature there or the unicameral, um, we just couldn't seem to get over this filibuster bar. And so I kind of always assumed, oh, it'll be like the 32nd, 33rd, 34th state. They'll be one of the last ones because of that weird <laughs> filibuster rule. And when it started happening last year, I mean, it was through a, a wide range of procedural moves that the team there made, that Senator Steve Halloran made, and just the the intelligence to do those kind of moves. And I, honestly, it felt like providence. It felt like many miracles happening along the way to get that to that stage. I think it happened over a series of sessions, actually, to get to that point. Yeah. Rita, you know better than I am, sure. And so for me, you know, I create these victory reels every time we have a victory. I'm like, putting together a victory all of a sudden because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going we're gonna to pass in Nebraska. And not only were we going to pass, but it was going to be the state that we hit the halfway mark on as well. And so what a huge achievement for the Nebraska team, for Senator Steve Halloran, who was the point of the spear there in Nebraska, for Dave Schneider, the regional director with Convention of States. I don't know, that one always stands out to me because it was like such a Herculean task to get that passed yeah. in, in Nebraska. I don't know. What, what's your perspective on that one, Rita? Yeah, it was it was amazing. And I just it brings tears to my eyes again. It sounds like I cry all the time. I don't that much, but it does bring tears to my eyes when I remember back on 
how much Senator Steve Halloran, our Nebraska sponsor, had to do in order to get our application passed in Nebraska. And, you know, I think about how his, you know, we today look back on the founding fathers and we just are in awe of what they did, how brave they were, you know, and, and how just they were statesmen. They sacrificed their own interests to do what was good for the country. And we still have people like that all over the country today. Senator Steve Halloran is one of them. And, you know, what some people don't realize is it's not just that he knew the rules, knew how to work the rules, developed a really smart strategy to pass the resolution. Senator Halloran is one of many of our sponsors across the country who uses his own political capital to do something that he believes is the only way to really restore the republic. And it just, you know, it does bring tears to my eyes as I think about the sacrifices that these statesmen make all over the country. You know, every state we have legislative sponsors. In some states, we have champions. And I am just so honored to work with them. Um, so, so thrilled that I get to know them, you know, and just inspired and encouraged by them. So, um, Garrett, do you have anything else before we go on with the rest of the program? Anything else you wanted to share, thoughts that you had as you um, made the video or just as you look back on your time with Convention of States? Well, you know, I just feel so blessed to be part of this movement. I, you know, it was not expected that I would be on staff with Convention of States, but when I got that call uh, from Mark, that was, you know, a life-changing moment where I get to combine my passions for American freedom with my passions for story and filmmaking. And so what an incredible journey that we're on and getting to chronicle this journey of getting to save the Republic. You know, that's something that will always mean so much to me. And no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, you know, you heard Kevin Lundberg in that video towards the end saying, you know, it takes years to build something like this because it's such a high bar in the Constitution. There's so many states nowadays that it, it takes a lot. It takes millions of people working together, legislators, along with citizens, along with the staff to equip and support and give them the resources. But we absolutely are going to get there and we have the confidence and the will to do it. And I'm excited, Rita. Producer G, you bring so much to this movement. I, it, it is an absolute privilege to work with you and your videos and story production. It's all amazing. And I know I speak for the whole national team and the whole national grassroots movement and saying thank you so much for what you do. And thanks for being my co-host today and not leaving me out here all alone. It's been fun. Yeah, I might have to do this more often. Who knows? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay, folks, with that, we are going to go back to Mike Ruthenberg for our Article 5 trivia answer. Mike? Well, I hope you enjoyed some of the broadcast today of so many of the great memories we have from back in the day. I've been with COS ever since the day we started. So many great memories, so many great uh, experiences that we've had as we have gone through and we've acted, we've learned, we've adjusted, 
We've seen some great victories. Of course, we've seen some stinging defeats. I hope you really appreciate all the work that has gone into making the Convention States exactly what it is. And again, we owe a great debt of gratitude to you guys. Thanks so much for watching. If you recall back to the beginning of the show, I gave a trivia question and our prize for the person that answered it first is one of these Convention of States tumblers, our 10th anniversary limited edition tumbler, 20 ounce, works great, totally spill proof. I've got my ice cold water in there. It'll keep it that way for 24 hours, 20 ounces. Of course, says COS on the opposite side. So if you didn't win one, just go to shopconventionofstates.com and you can get one. In the meantime, I'll give you the answer to our question. At the simulated convention, we had 49 states represented. One state was not represented. The question was, which state was it? The answer, Rhode Island. Maybe you heard the battle cry on Sunday with Mark where he talked about Rogue Island not coming. It's kind of uh, interesting because back at the 1787 convention, Rhode Island actually chose not to send a delegation at all. Here, the one person we had that was going to represent Rhode Island actually had a personal family uh, emergency that they needed to tend to. So they weren't able to come. Maybe it's Providence. Maybe it's coincidence. Who knows what it is? But it's very interesting that Rhode Island was a state that wasn't representative. Remember, anything that comes out of the convention, that's voted at a convention, still has to go to the states to get ratified. What a great success it was. If you want to learn a little bit more, if you want to watch some more of the simulated convention, just go to shop convention of states. Whoop, scratch that. That's where you get the mug. Just go to conventionofstates.com and click on the simulation pull down, and you'll be able to watch some of the cool stuff that's been going on. Thanks for watching, and I will turn it back to you, Rita and Garrett. Thanks, Mike. And you know what? I think I said goodbye to pro producer G2 early. Garrett, come on back and help me do the next segment of our show, which is the COS Live Mailbag. We've got a lot of comments and questions this week, so be sure to drop those in on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter, or is it X these days? Can't keep track. <laughs> but if you want to be featured on the program, go ahead and drop it in there, and we'll pull those for the next program. First one actually comes from Senator Jason Rapert. I know you know that name, Rita. And yep. he just he commented on one of our broadcasts and says, thank you to Convention States for ensuring the Article 5 process is understood and for educating American citizens on this important provision in the U.S. Constitution. And we at the National Association of Christian Lawmakers will be praying sincerely for America and our future. How sweet of him to send us a little message like that. So for those of you who don't know, Senator Jason Rapert served as our vice president for the simulated convention a few weeks ago. He did an amazing job. He's such a gifted speaker. He is a former legislator. He was one of our Arkansas sponsors when we passed our resolution there. And now he heads up the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And by the way, we will be working with them in some of our past states, the states that have already passed our Article 5 application, um, to see what their legislative priorities are in those states and maybe getting behind some of their legislative priorities that also align with our mission of limited 
government and a self-governing nation. Producer G, what's next? Well, we've got a few comments related to the simulation. George Pitt says it's the greatest civics lesson ever told. I love that, George. Absolutely. From David Payne, the Commerce Amendment, Section 2, about Congress holding all power and not delegating to agencies. Would this mean that all rulemaking, i.e. denying the EPA power to set emission standards? Taken to its logical conclusion, the EPA would simply enforce all decisions made by Congress. Come to think of it, this sounds great. Congress would stick to the most vital rulemaking necessary and all the micromanaging details the EPA creates to control the economy would go out the window. So what do you think about that? Uh, Rita, David Payne commenting on the Commerce Amendment that was proposed at the simulation. Yeah, I think he's got it exactly right. I think it would be a great thing by requiring Congress to be the one to make rules and regulations that have to do um, with the Commerce Clause and not letting Congress just delegate that to agencies. I think you're going to end up with a lot less red tape. Plus, the rules and regulations that are created are being made to the people who are actually elected and thus accountable to we the people. So I loved that amendment proposal, and I'm glad David Payne likes it too. Amazing. We've got two more comments, and then we'll finish it up with one more question. The Web Assist says the COS is needed. So many issues can be solved with this. The feds have gone way too far I couldn't agree more with that. And then Kay Roberts says, this exceptional measure is what will prevent the U.S. from falling the way that history's republics have collapsed into despotism. What do you think of those two comments, Rita? Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's the idea. Absolutely. And finally, Deanna Sutherland, 7062, asks, how many states do we have aboard? America needs the states to give the power back to the people we had 49 states attending the simulation. Of course, Rhode Island didn't show up. I want to congratulate Woody Jenkins, who was the convention president. What's next for Convention of States? Well, what's next, hopefully, for Convention of States is more states passing the resolution, getting on board with the other 19 states that have already passed our application for an Article 5 convention. We need to get to 34 to make that convention happen. And of course, we are well on our way. If you are watching today and you haven't already done your part, please do it now. Go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action tab. Sign the petition if you haven't already done that. Contact your legislators and definitely get involved with your state team so that you can be part of the strategy in your own particular state. Every state has one and we need all of you to get involved and do your part. Thanks everyone for watching. Now we've got a country to save, so let's get back to work. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.